0: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome back, witches and wizards, to another episode of the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, alongside my two co-hosts, Nina Kitty and Carrier Seven. How y'all doing today?
1: Not too shabby. Not too shabby. No, pretty
0: alright. Well, I mean, we are back from a little like short break. Um, things in life have been crazy and are still crazy. There are some things are a little settling down, but still crazy nonetheless. Um, still
1: crazy nonetheless.
0: And yeah, that that's why we didn't have a show this past week. Uh, also, uh, we are recording this the day after Fourth of July here in the U.S. So, Happy Independence Day for everybody in the U.S. for this week. Uh, When you hear this, it's going to be on a Friday, so it's going to be well after the holiday. So, hope you had a good holiday, good time with cookouts, and seeing fireworks.
1: Yes, and hugged your pets a little bit more if they didn't like the fireworks.
0: Yes, exactly. Not all pets like big booms. No. So, I did see, before we start this episode, I did see a really hilarious TikTok earlier. With someone, if anybody knows Dragon Ball Z of the scene where Goku goes Super Saiyan for the first time, right when he before he goes Super Saiyan, his best friend gets exploded. Someone printed out a photo of Krillin right when he's about to get explode, strapped it onto a little firework, and shot it up. <laughs> it's like, that's so terrible. But it's oh, so wow. funny. <laughs> I need to see this TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's great. I, th- I think I liked it, so I can send it to you guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for this week, we are continuing our topic with Quidditch. So, this is part two of the Quidditch. So, where we left off was, you know, how the game was... The early game history, the um, the start of what the phenomenal sen- sensation that this this sport would become. So... Because of how big this sport was becoming, they had to make committees, just like anything else, just like any other sport in the U.S., the U.K., all around the world. There's committees for all these sports, and it's no different for Quidditch. So, the International Confederation of Wizards Quidditch Committee was an international regular, regulatory Body subject to the International Confederation of Wizards, that oversaw international quidditch competition competitions such as with the World Cup, namely, is located suitably venues, arranged transportation for spectators, and provided policing for the games themselves. It was also the ICWQC that chose the referees for the World Cup matches. So
1: that's quite the anagram.
0: I, the enneagrams they yeah. have for the wizard world is just crazy in general let's be honest i mean are they, they they'll probably be on par with the u.s enneagrams that we have for a lot of our institutions here in the u.s yeah 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 dude. you're not wrong So, Quidditch was also governed in Britain by the Department of Magical Games and Sports, where the British and Irish Quidditch League headquarters was uh, situated. So, not only do they have the British Quidditch, they also deal with Ireland, specifically. Which makes sense, because Ireland is basically an island off of the UK. Mm
1: -hmm. And they have a very famous Quidditch team as well.
0: Yeah, that they that we do. See in the World Cup.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We do see that in the World Cup in Goblet of Fire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, where do they play Quidditch now though? They have fields. They're called pitches. As you know, I mean if you go and watch Sorcerer's Stone, you get a little like a little rundown of Quidditch literally from um Wood Wood, thank you. Oh, God, that was like, what, what was his name again? Uh, wood to Harry. So, mm-hmm. so Quidditch pitches were typically in the shape of an oval, 500 feet long and 180 feet wide, with a small central circle and approximately two feet in diameter, from which all the balls were released at the start of the game. At each, there were three hooped goalposts with different heights surrounding by a scoring area. Okay, I want to know... Where did they get the foot footage for the pitch? Five hundred feet long, and one hundred and eighty feet wide.
1: If I'm going to be honest, I am surprised that it's in feet and not in meters.
0: That is a good <laughs> point. Oh my yeah, god, that that threw That's me. That's a, a little fair bit, point.
1: That it's it's yeah, it should be in meters, not feet, but it is measured in feet because Which I mean, I think quidditch, is interesting. Quidditch,
0: and if you go back to our last episode quidditch was essentially founded in the uh the uk colonies mm-hmm. over in england in that area mm-hmm. so yeah that would make sense like it would it should be meters because they go by the metric system where here in the U.S. we have our own stupid system. Honestly, <laughs> we should stupid, all just stupid. we should all just go to metric. Let's be honest.
1: It's so much easier to do anyway. But
0: it is that's not here, here, here nor
1: there. But I just find it fun that it's in it's, it's measured in feet and not in feet meters. But as for where they get the distance, I have no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it's just, it's like that's super <laughs> random. Like five hundred and then one eighty. Okay, I mean I guess it make it does make an oval. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, So, as Quidditch is an aerial sport, Quidditch pitches usually feature spectator seating at high vantage points, whether in towers such as Hogwarts or a fully encircling platform style, such as the British stadium that was held in the 1994 Quidditch World Cup. So, obviously, we all know, if you've seen the films, or if you even play Hogwarts Legacy, or even play the old Quidditch game, Back on the GameCube or PS2 and original Xbox, the seatings are tall. So, and fun fact: um, there is a new Quidditch game coming out at some point, uh, either this year or next year, called Harry Potter World uh, Quidditch Champions. So it is set supposedly during Harry's time, as far as as because of the name, obviously, but. You create your own Quidditch player. You don't play as a specific oh. like character from the series. You you make your own, just like in Hogwarts Legacy. So I like that, right? I wonder. If, I wonder yeah. if you play
1: teams against any of the big names that we all know. That um, and face
0: off to them. I am curious how the game's gonna like. Is it just uh, like Hogwarts Quidditch? Like is just with the four houses, just like the original game was. Or do we get to do more, or is it just more? Is it just that one stadium? I mean, with mm-hmm. how games have developed over, like, I mean, the original game came out in like the two thousands, early two thousand, because it was during. Uh, the game came out around the same time as Chamber of Secrets, because if you look at the box cover, it's Harry and Malfoy on the cover.
2: Uh, Malfoy
0: only played Quidditch uh, during his second year, so it's Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. is when the game came out. So it been around like 2000, 2001, I think, is when the time. So from that to now, 20 years later, I mean, they could do so much more with the game. Because back then, it they was like pretty simple. Now yeah, they, they can should. Do, they can do a lot more in-depth with it now.
1: Yes. Now they have the power, and they should deliver. Oh, and then, oh, I
0: yeah. mean, with... Uh, Wizarding World being in charge of everything, including the games, mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be fine. Good. I mean, we got Hogwarts Legacy from them, from Porky <laughs> Games, so yeah. I I am I'm, I'm pretty pretty confident going forward. Whatever they make will be good. That's good. but. Nonetheless, back to Quidditch. So the three hooped goalposts were originally barrel goals introducing during the godwin uh, Keynes time. At the time of the introduction of the scoring area, they were replaced by baskets on stilts. Uh, But while they were practical, they did not carry an inherent problem. Uh, There was no size restriction on the baskets, which differed dramatically from pitch to pitch. By 1620, scoring areas have been added at each end of the pitch, and the additional rule of the game, a stodging penalty, meant that only one chaser was allowed in these areas at any given time, as did the quintessence on un- Fanville's book, The Noble Sport of Warlocks. In addition, the size of the basket themselves were reduced considerably, although there were still a certain amount of variation between pitches. Regulations were finally introduced in 1883, which replaced the baskets uh, with hoops on the fixed size, and the modern cordage pitch was complete. Both changes caused a considerable amount of controversy, which resulted in riots and threats against the minister. Oh, wow. Really, guys? Really? You have to threat, make riots and threats to the minister of magic just because, oh, I'm going to regulate... A specific size for the Quidditch pits so all courts are the same.
1: To be fair it took them 260 years over 260 years to finally regulate it when it should have just been regulated in the beginning like you've (laughs) already got the rules like so I kind of understand the the riots over it because it'd be kind of like taking a sport today and then adding some regulation into it that nobody's used to. People don't like change. Even that, the that, wizarding <laughs> That's
0: a fair point. That is a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> they
1: just, they drag their feet a lot, it seems like, when they're trying to make these games.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's true. So, Quidditch pitches were built in places where they would not attract Muggle attention. This began in 1398 when the wizard Zacharias Bumps emphasized the need for an anti-Muggle security while playing the game. Choose areas of deserted moorland far from muggle habitations and make sure that you cannot be seen once you take off from your brooms. Muggle-repelling charms are useful in such setting up a permanent pitch. It is advisable to to play at night. The advice of mumps uh, must not always have been followed, as in 1362 the Wizards Council outlawed playing Quidditch within 50 miles of a known muggle town. I mean granted you probably could see them flying on their rooms but well, not 50 miles away but
1: yeah, I, can, I don't know I can Unless see why like an open y- clearing <laughs> I couldn't tell you
0: and then uh, this was amended in 1368, possibly due to growing population of the game. The amendment made the playing of the sport within 100 miles of Muggle Town illegal, famously worded as not to play anywhere near any place where there was slightest chance of a Muggle is watching. We'll see how you play while chained in a dungeon wall.
1: <laughs> They're so sassy.
0: <laughs> that and wow that's <laughs> like dear god when they make something illegal they they need they they, <laughs> they tell they you it's really illegal, illegal.
1: <laughs> i'm learning so much about how they work just from quidditch this yeah. is great
0: right and then, the International Statute of and Secrecy in 1692 made all ministers of magic responsible for the consequence of magical sports in their territories. The Department of Magical Games and Sport was created for this purpose. Quidditch teams that flooded, flouted ministry guidelines were disbanded. One such instance was the Bachelory Bangers.
2: Hmm.
0: Or Bachelory Bangers? They were a Scottish Quidditch team noted for their poor skills in post-match parties.
1: (laughs) Heck yeah, that's what you give for being a Scott-Irish team.
0: Yep, there we go. It's the parties that that's why they were disbanded.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably nothing to do with their stubbornness and quick to anger, but who am I?
0: (laughs) We don't judge here on this podcast. Nope, I'm (laughs)
1: Scott-Irish, so you don't judge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I am part-Irish as well, so, and and I'm I'm small. I'm I'm short. So don't make short people mad. No. <laughs> I'm hard. I'm hard to get mad, but once I get mad, you do not want to be near me.
1: Yeah. That's the best idea.
0: Uh so now that we move from pitches, now we are now into Quidditch events. So obviously the main one is going to be the Quidditch World Cup that we all know from Goblet of Fire. From the book and from you know the film so the quidditch world cup was held every four years since 1473 the competition saw teams quidditch teams representing countries around the world to compete for the quidditch world cup or for the world cup while the international quidditch tournament was between regional teams The official guide to the Quidditch World Cup was the official guidebook for the Quidditch World Cup written and published by the International Confederation of Wizards Quidditch Committee providing information on the rules and history of the Quidditch World Cup. Sold in most reputable bookstores, this tome costs 39 galleons, leading most wizards and witches to call it overpriced. Yeah, 39 galleons is overpriced. I'm sorry.
1: It is. For book.
0: For a book, 39 galleons is expensive.
1: Yeah, unless you're going to cure something with it. It's just quit
0: it. (laughs) Or use it as a weapon.
1: This is true, but it'd be a thick
0: book. Uh. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, Mm -hmm. So as such, as with so much about the Wizarding World's most important sporting competition, many query the accuracy of the statement. As only European teams competed during this 15th and 16th centuries, Purists prefer to date the Quidditch World Cup's inception from the 17th century when it became open to all continents. So, yeah, I mean, I could see the controversial where it could take, like, when was it truly, like, did it really start with the UK, with the European, or did you start with when everybody was, in, like, put together?
1: Yeah, it's just being short-sighted back in the 15th and 16th centuries, that's all.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. So, there was also heated debate about the accuracy of some historical counts of the tournaments. A substantial amount of all post-game analysts centered on whether magical interference took place and whether it was made or ought to have made the final result moot. And that's the other thing. Magic isn't, like, is part of the world. Do you do, did someone cheat? Did someone not cheat? You know, magic. It's possible, it's always possible. And then, yeah. other than the Quidditch World Cup, we have the Inner House Quidditch Cup, which, obviously, just from the name alone, we can guess where this is coming from. So the Inner House Quidditch Cup was a championship that took the form of the Mid- mini league at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Each house team played each over each other throughout the course of the school year. That resulted in three games for each team and six games of the of Quidditch for the school to enjoy overall. Final standings in the competition were based on the total amount of points won over the matches played, rather than the number of victories it was entirely possible for one team to lose to another but still claim the cup if their point from the previous games had been high enough so that isn't that i didn't truly like cuz we don't get that information true like a whole lot in the books we get like no snippets here and there in the later books um specifically in i think it's in prison basketball cuz that's woods the last game, or, like, year. And that's mm-hmm. when Harry gets the firebolt and they were freaking out because they were down so many points and they could possibly still win if they, you know, get enough points due to Harry, you know, grabbing the snitch after so many goals in the goalposts. So, it is interesting that it's not by victories but by a point system. Which... Also, like the point system a little bit more. That, and it's Even, like, very similar to their already point-based system on merits with the house mm-hmm. points. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Them going to a point system with everything and just make it across the board. Everything's by a point system.
1: Yeah, I agree. I do. I think it was a better choice, having it across the board.
0: And then the Quidditch cup itself was an enormous silver trophy cup with four handles, Designed for, designed after the four houses and in, um, emblem in, the, in blank animals animals of the houses, so the lion, the serpent, the badger, and the eagle. It's an eagle.
1: You almost, oh, I,
0: I, almost I, I almost, I almost did. It's an eagle. <laughs> Even an though eagle. an eagle and a raven are very, very similar creatures. Yeah, that's okay. And the cup was traditionally kept in the office of the resigning champion's head of house. And that's why all the heads of houses are freaking out about Quidditch, because they want that cup.
1: Bragging rights, It's literally that's just it bragging rights. <laughs>
0: and McGonagall <laughs> always, always, always wanted to win. She's die <laughs> so hard cute. for the sport, which is hilarious because that's the only reason she appointed Harry a seeker. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's if right. we grab this kid, we can <laughs> probably win. <laughs> yeah. And she, you know, was ba- essentially like his foster grandmother. Let's be honest.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And Dumbledore was his foster yeah, that's... grandfather. That, 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 that's literally how it is. But now we have. All the different equipment. So... We have broomsticks. quaffles, A bludgers. The golden snitch. Gotta have a Quidditch helmet because bludgers.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, Beater bats because bludgers. The Quidditch goggles. Which, you know... The goggles are mainly meant for wind resistance or... Rain. Mainly rain. So... Because they will play in the rain regardless. Uh, and then before the game could start, every player had a few standard things. So each player had to have a broomstick between their legs. As for protection, they wear quidditch helmet, goggles, skin, uh, shin sorry shin, knee, and arm guards, and gloves. The different quidditch positions require different equipment. For an example, beaters carry bats, and keepers wore protective head and chest gear. Because bludgers. Uh, can't, I so can't that. So I wonder if the beaters that. had to wear wow. it
1: too. The um, beaters
0: had
1: to wear the helmets? Because they had the bats.
0: Essentially, They're supposed to wear helmets. I know obviously when we go and watch the films. Um, Fred and George don't wear helmets. In like the first mm-hmm. two films. Because that's the only time we really see them like actually being beaters. But they're supposed to wear helmets.
1: <laughs> that's fair. They are rule breakers, so
0: That is true. And somehow I don't know how they got away from Madame Hooch because that's the one teacher at Hogwarts I would not want to cross. She seems Really mean. Hooch? Who she seems mean.
1: I agree. I not we might have to revisit this one. I don't know if Hooch would be my my terrorist. She's one teacher.
0: of them. I wouldn't say the most yeah. favorite. Okay. One of the teachers you don't want to cross. Good point. So each player had to wear the uniform of their team in an official match so they could see who is who. Uniform consisted of a cape and jersey. Each team's robes had their own colors, either logos or insignia. They had a special meeting uh, to the team that they had uh, and their fans. Special meeting. Not team meeting. Special meeting to all their fans Mm -hmm. because. And the insignia is, you know, their team logo. Just like in sports today, like with FIFA, and specifically like the NFL. A lot, like that is an entire, like the emblems for all the NFL teams. Yes, those mean a lot to other people. Sure do. And then most of the players in Great Britain bought their equipment from Quality Quidditch, quidditch Supplies in Diagon Alley, London. And the game was played in three types of balls, the Golden Snitch, Quaffle, and Bludger. So, yeah. And at this point, I think it's a good time to take our mid-break. Because when we come back, we are going to get more in-depth with like the rules of the game. Which, some, <laughs> of th- some of the rules are like, okay, that makes sense. And some of them are like, what in the world? But we will be back.
2: Alright,
0: welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of the wizarding world. Uh at this point I do want to remind everybody we do have a Patreon on patreon.com slash World Wizarding World Lorecast. It is in the description below the link of the episode uh that you can get if you support us that way you can get ad free episodes or even join us on our uh 20 tier where you can join us on once a month if ever at the end of every month to talk about anything with the wizard world of uh wizard world do with like you know hogwarts legacy we can talk about fan theories heck we can talk about the new quidditch game is coming up or or we can talk about the new mmo style mobile game that's out now called uh, Harry Potter Magic Awakened where you create your own Witcher wizard like Hogwarts Legacy the combat is a card based system which is interesting but it is fun I will say it is fun I have played a bit of it uh, but it's set 10 years after the Battle of Hogwarts so it's 10 years after uh, uh, Deathly Hallows ooh So we see a lot of the same character, like a lot of the characters that we know and love, but we start school as a first year, 10 years after Harry's already gone. Yeah, it's actually really cool because it's also 10 years before Harry's kids go to school.
1: Ooh, so it's right in that lull time. It's
0: right in between the time where like Chris Child starts, and mm-hmm. where Deathly Hollowed end. So it is, it is interesting, oh. and the art style is very interesting too. It's a very, it, yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, what's his name? Um, oh shoot, um, the guy who made Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: Tim Burton.
0: Tim Burton. Yes, oh, it's, Tim a Burton. Very, oh, Tim. it's a very, it's a very Tim Burton esque style of art, Carrier which sent
1: um, some photos in the lore cast in the Discord,
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: looked really cool. It looked pretty. Card games aren't quite my thing, but it's not your typical. Like
0: it's not style. your typical card. It's like card combat, where it's still like you're just pulling cards, yeah, from your cards hand to like setting. use spells yeah. with cards. Your spells, your your spells are cards, and you just keep putting out the cards when your energy's up it's it's not like a actual card game
1: yeah i guess i just never really got into any of those unfortunately i'll give it but a shot it looks shot. cool it is interesting, it is, interesting.
0: It. it is very interesting all right okay, okay. and you get to choose your uh, house and everything it. just like in a Hogwarts legacy and all that.
1: i'll make sure i'll choose the eagle this time not the raven <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes so um and on that note, you can also support us uh, by leaving a five star review and some words on Apple Podcasts. Every review really helps. Help us grow as a show. And if you leave a five star review with words, we'll read out loud next time on the show. Or you can also leave a comment on an episode on Spotify now. Uh, and funny enough, we actually do have one this week.
1: Heck yeah!
0: <laughs> it was actually from yeah, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Actually. A couple months ago. I didn't realize it until now. Uh, But Kyle uh, on our Godric Gryffindor episode. uh, Love the lore you guys provide. Need more episodes. Big fans. Keep it up.
1: Thank you Kyle. We are going to keep at it.
0: And yeah. There's just so much to talk about in the Wizarding World. And the best thing about this fandom is. It's ever so growing over the last couple years. And that's what I'm like. Excited to see. And on that note, you can also find us on Discord at the Robots Radio Discord from at robotsradio.net, where we have a channel for our show, The Wizard World Lorecast, on the server, as well as my other show, Holocron Histories. Um, and I might be having a third show in the coming months. We'll see. If anybody likes Final Fantasy, I might be doing a lore show for Final Fantasy. We'll see, but that's up in the air. I've uh, been playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, well, not a lot. I've been. I got back into it like this week. Um, started a new character because I couldn't remember any of the story whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't that. I only sure. beat the base game and I beat the first expansion, so I still have like three expansions to do. So I was like, ah, eh, whatever. I'll just you know. I'll I'll start over. It's whatever. But yeah, you can find us on Discord. um, And you can find this podcast on all podcasters. Or podcatchers, I should say. But um, anything else you guys want to plug in before we go back to the show?
1: I don't have anything.
0: Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, let's get back into it. Alright, now that we're back, uh, we are now going to go over the rules of Quidditch. Which, yes, there are a lot of rules. So, the worldwide popularity and playing of the game of Quidditch was closely monitored and analyzed by the International Confederation of Wizards Quidditch Committee. and In 1750, the British Ministry of Magic set down official rules for a game of Quidditch. So, there is quite a bit. So, one, players must not stray from the boundary lines of the pitch, although they may fly as high as desired. The quaffle must be surrounded by opposition of any player leaves the boundary. It is unknown if the penalty of a player's defense leaves the pitch. Who knows on that? But, so... They can't. They can't leave the boundary of the pitch, but they can fly as high as they can, which we do see in Prisoner of with Harry, because you see mm-hmm. him going all the way up, and then um, the Quaffle has to be constantly be surrounded by other by the chasers of opposing teams. They can't. It can't just be you know someone having it and hogging it and completely be isolated by themselves. You can't have that. Makes sense. So, two, uh, timeout may be called at any time by the captain of the team. Timeout may be extended uh, to two hours if the game has already lasted for more than 12 hours. Failure to return to the pitch after this time was lead to the team being disqualified. That's a long timeout. And that's also a very long game.
1: Yeah, but the game that went on for how many days was it? It was like almost a year, was it? I can't remember. Six months.
0: It was something stupid.
1: Something stupid. So these guys, they have to sleep. All right. So, so they get at, two oh, hours hour of nap. sleep
0: <laughs> every time they put a timeout.
1: Because <laughs> I, I think, like, it was driving me nuts. I'm like, this game went for so long. Like, they have to sleep. Like, you have to sleep.
0: <laughs> so that <laughs> Magic means... Magic or not. <laughs> so if each team can call a timeout, so that's four hours total in 12 hours.
1: That's fair. But somebody has to, like, wake up again in those two hours and be like, oh, yeah. hey... Oh, the yeah. other team called it, so now you get two more hours. That's just wild to me. That's too much dedication, and I don't think I could ever live up to that. Oh, heck it's no, I crazy. couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: So, three. Uh, penalties can be rewarded uh, to teams by the referee. A single chaser may take the penalty by flying from the central circle towards the scoring area. The opposing team's keeper may attempt to stop the shot being scored, but all other players... Are not uh, must not interfere, is unknown if the seeker may still attempt to catch the uh, snitch while the penalty is being attempted. So that would be interesting if the snitch could still be caught. But it's very similar to like basketball. So when you have a penalty shot in basketball, you get a free shot to the hoop. Granted, you don't have anybody trying to stop said shot in basketball, but you do in Quidditch. So it's just a little bit different. So, four, uh, contact is not, is allowed, but player may not seize hold of another player's broom or any part of their anatomy. So, much like NFL football, you can't have a holding. That holding's a penalty. So, you can't grab someone's, like, um, arm or, oh. like, um, neck brace or anything to pull them down mm-hmm. or anything like that. That's a big no-no.
2: Mm-mm.
0: Uh, five. No substitution of players is allowed throughout the uh throughout the game is if a player is too injured or tired to continue to play according to the Galva Fire during the Quidditch World Cup, at some point uh it lasted for days, the player had to switch out as they could get some sleep.
1: That answers that question. So 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 but a team is consistent of seven players. Mm-hmm. So unlike basketball, they don't do they have like backup people like that are on? That I'm not a, aware of if
0: they have bench players or not. I mean, we don't see any bench players at Hogwarts, so Mm-mm. that is that's secure. I don't know.
1: That's a good question.
0: Uh, eight, uh, or six, sorry. Players take their wands, players may take their wands and onto the pitch, they must not use them against any player, any player's broomstick. Uh, the referee of any of the four balls or the spectators. So you can take your broom on the pitch, but you just can't use your, uh, or not broom, sorry, your wand. You can take your wand on the pitch, but you can't use your wand. Unless, just like in *Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry did use his wand, but he, he used it to cast the patronus charm because Malfoy, Goyle, and Crab tried to trick him as they were dressed up as Dementors. Yes and right. so he, yeah. they he scared the living hell out of them and which is the best part of the book because McGonagall ripped into Malfoy, Crab and Goyle so bad yeah and that's when everybody like what, what was that and Lupin's like oh my god that was a really good patronus charm way to go harry <laughs> <laughs> and then uh 7 so a game of quidditch uh will only end once the golden snitch has been caught or a, a mutual consent of both teams captains so it can keep going for like as long as it can even if the snitch is not caught but if it gets so long and the captains are like all right we need we we need to be done Mm -hmm. the game game will end eight uh only a keeper can block waffle shots thrown by the opposing team so much like a goalie in soccer or fifa or uh, sorry european football And then uh, a so an, an amendment to the rules of quidditch in 1849 determined if a member of a crowd cast any spells on a player, their team would automatically forfeit the match, whether or not the team ordered or approved the magic performed. It's not clear how this was enforced, though. As taken literally, this rule would make it easier for to sabotage any opposing team with a false flag attack.
1: I think it would have to do on the level of either it's an enchantment for good or bad or a curse or something. Like, if you're doing a good thing for that team, automatically, you're going to be working for that team. Right. I would think.
0: I but mean, regardless be... of what spell was used on either team, whatever spell affected that team, that team is disqualified. Yeah. Which is, like, really?
1: like. I mean, I guess hmm. it's a, a really finalized way to make sure that... There's no outside magic being used. Yes. It's like, you're just going to ruin the game. Like, you're somebody's going to lose. It's going to be upsetting either way. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So, that's like the basic rules. Now we have fouls. And there's a lot of fouls. <laughs> so, there <laughs> were 700 Quidditch fouls listed in the Department of Magical Games and Sports Records, though the entire list was never made public, uh, it was the department's view as some wizards and witches might get ideas. Ninety percent of these were banned anyway by the rule concerning one use against opposing teams, rather, or uh, lack thereof, and the remaining ten percent would not occur even to the dirtiest player. There were, however, eleven common fouls named below, and the names of these fouls applied to in brackets. So before we go over like the 11 fouls that i have 700 fouls (laughs) it's just your
1: creativity
0: (laughs) what in the the world like what
1: one of them has to do with the cabbage from
0: (laughs) oh my god it better it better it better Mm-hmm. And I I, with, I, I want to see that now, and someone mm-hmm. yell, "My cabbages, my cabbages!" And if anybody mm-hmm. gets that reference, it's from Avatar: Last Airbender. Good show. But so the eleven fouls start with so we have a basic foul: a player violently blocks the seeker from capturing the golden snitch. So, all right, that makes sense. We have blagging. Seizing opponent's opponent's Broomtail to slow or hinder, which includes all players. We have Blocking, deliberately putting oneself in the way of opposing Team Seeker with the intention of just ob- obstructing their way towards the snitch. We have Cobbing, excessive use of elbows uh, towards opponents, all players. Which, now that I'm reading some of these some of these fouls should have been, like, in Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, like, in a heartbeat. I agree. Uh, we have Flanking, pushing any opponent or portion of Anatomy through the goal hoop in an attempt to push the Quaffle out. The Keeper should defend the front, not the rear. And this is Keepers only. We have Snitch Nip. Any player other than the Seeker touching or catching the Golden Snitch, which is all players but the Seeker. We have blatching, flying with the intent to collide, which is all players. Blurting, uh, locking broom handles with the intent to steer an opponent off course, which is all players. We have bumping, uh, hitting bludgers towards spectators, which is beaters only. Which I mean, if you're going to do that, uh, what the spectators must have made you mad. That's that's <laughs> the only reason I would do it. Yeah, yeah. is I would have. Batting a bludgeon at someone, yeah. They would be either annoying to me or made me mad. Yeah. We have uh, Haversacking. Hands still on the Quaffle as it goes through the goal hoop. The Quaffle must be thrown through the goal hoop. Chasers only. So you can't just put your arm through it and keep hold of the Quaffle. Makes sense. We have Quaffle Pocking tampering with a quaffle um examples puncturing it so it would fall more quickly or zigzags chaser only oh my god that just reminds me of the whole nfl uh was it patriots that had that uh, i can't remember it's sports sure. i think it was like it was it the patriots or it was like um the packers or someone they like the whole deflating the football oh yeah, uh, yeah that was the patriots patriots okay they were yeah. def- like the whole controversy <laughs> of them deflating the football is to make it like spin faster or deliberately. Like, yeah, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we have, uh, stoging more than one chaser entering the scoring area, which is chasers only, which only one chaser can be in the scoring area at a time. During the final of the 1473 Quidditch world cup, all 700 fouls were committed <laughs> These naturally included all 11 affi- uh, aforementioned as well.
1: Who was playing? Tell me it was one of the Irish.
0: <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> that all 700. Um, let's see.
1: I bet you it was the, the final was Bantry contested Bangers.
0: between Transvania and Flanders.
1: Were the oh. two countries.
0: Oh. So, we also have Transfiguring of a chaser into a polecat, attempted decapitation of a keeper with a broadsword. Oh no! Okay, okay. One, how did you get a broadsword on the pitch?
1: You could use the um sure. the summoning charm s- spell. True, so you, you can... could
0: use Accio to summon a broadsword. Yes, but still, or, like, just... what in the world? <laughs> And then, it was
1: 1473. There's broadswords laying about. <laughs> that's fair. That's true. Uh,
0: the release of 100 blood vampire bats from under the Transylvania captain's robes during the game. <laughs> that's my
1: favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Setting fire to an opponent's broom tail. And attacking an opponent's broom with a club. And then attacking an opponent with an axe. <laughs> So, I wonder if the club is different than the beer. Okay, I really like, I would now want to have them make a legitimate live action adaptation of just this Quidditch match. Because Wild. they broke all 700 fouls and more, including bringing a get trying to decapitate the keeper's head with a broadsword and attacking other players <laughs> with vampire bats and an axe. What mm, in
1: the favorite. world <laughs> so I wonder how much they actually like how many points they actually scored if they spent most of the time I, I don't to even know if they, out they
0: at that point I wouldn't even think they scored anything at that point they were just trying to kill each other. yeah. yeah. So uh, from fouls, now we move to tactics and moves. So, over the centuries, many difficult and entertaining moves were invented by players who constantly push themselves and the game as far as they could go. Among them were the body blow, two chasers close in on an opposing chaser carrying the quaffle and press against them in front either side, physically forcing him uh, to let go of the quaffle. We have I think ch-
1: we actually see that in
0: the... Um... Uh, we see that in...
1: The second chamber of secrets uh, with the two solar secrets. Against,
0: um, Gryffindor. Yep. Yes. All uh, right. So uh, we see ch- uh, checking consists of intercepting the ball just when the opposing chaser is about to make a pass, which we do see that a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. We have doppel beater defense. Both beaters strike a bludger at the same time to double the force behind the swing. At that point, that's just trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it hits its target, anyway. If it hits its target. Yeah. yeah. We have the hawk, hawk's head attacking formation. Three chasers fly in a triangle shape to force other chasers aside.
1: Ah, uh, We also see that one, too.
0: We do. Uh, mm-hmm. We have no hands. The seeker takes both hands off the broom in order to catch the golden snitch, which Harry doesn't do. Harry
1: stands do on He's... his broom, so he kind
0: of... <laughs> Yeah, he does his own weird thing. Uh, We have the power play. A large concentration of players is applied uh, in a certain area of the pitch in order to clear the path of the chaser who is carrying the quaffle. We have the sloth grip roll. A player hangs upside down on their broomstick to avoid a bludger. We have a spiral dive a descend sharply in a spiral fashion. Seekers can use this tactic to quickly intercept the snitch. We have Starfish and Stick. A Keeper holds one hand and one foot on the broom while stretching the body out to ensure maximum shielding against oncoming quaffles. Uh, we have a Twirl whirling around about of the broomstick and attempt to dodge something, usually either a player or a bludger. The Ronski Feint. A Seeker from high above dies down uh, sharply as to collect the snitch causing the opposing seeker to chase after him only to pull up the last second causing the opposing seeker to crash into the ground below which we see something similar in Sorcerer Stone on Harry's first he dies down really quick and then literally at the last second pulls up Mm -hmm. but the other seeker literally just pulls away because he thought he was going to crash yes which he would have We have Zigzag, a player moves in back-and-forth motion to avoid bludgers and other players. We have the bludger backbeat, a beater hitting a bludger with a backhand swing to confuse the opposition. We have the Chamonstian charge. The chaser stands on their broomstick and leaps, thrusting the quaffle towards the goalpost. Okay. Stands on their... Broomstick and leaps. They better. They
1: they, they just hop. <laughs>
0: they better hop just right get up. back on their broom. <laughs> because that would hurt.
2: Yeah.
0: We have the Dionysus dive. The chaser stands on their broomstick and leaps, punching the quaffle towards the goalpost. <laughs>
1: Why is Dionysus punching? St- I don't. I don't understand the naming just, behind just punch that it. one. But
0: you just punch it. Just punch uh, it. Okay. <laughs> Double eight loop. A keeper flies in front of their three goalposts at high speed to block the quaffle. We have the fin borrow flick. A chaser uses their broomstick to hit a quaffle midair into a goalpost, which I'm pretty sure we see that.
1: You see that one in the Slytherin does it, the captain. Slimy looking guy. He hits it with the. That's right. He throws it and he spins it with and hits it with his broom. Yep. The end of it.
0: We have the Parkins Pinsir, two chasers trap an opposing chaser while the third chaser uh, commits blatching. Which this Parkins Pinsir comes from the Hogwarts Mystery game, which is the multiple game because they have Quidditch in that. It's just mm. a mi- it's a mini game. You don't actually control your player. It's just a mini game that you just make button controls, just like hit specific buttons during sequences. <sighs> We have the Plumpton Pass, hiding the stench in the secret sleeve to confuse the opponents. Uh, the pork soft ploy: one chaser flies upward and then throws the quaffle down to another chaser directly below. We have a reverse pass: a chaser throws the quaffle over his head or shoulder. We have the Transylvanian Tackle, a fake punch to the, to the <laughs> nose to confuse the opponent as long as the contact is not made, made is not illegal.
1: It must have something to do with the near decapitation.
0: <laughs> something. Who knows at this point? And then we have the Wollongong sh- Shimmy, chasers flying in a zigzag motion to confuse opposing posing chasers.
1: Hmm
0: just just some of these are just what
1: yeah so the plumpton pass hiding the snitch in the seeker's sleeve isn't it the moment they catch it though like they get those and it's over so how can you like be sneaky about it and say oh maybe they
0: don't hold it but they get it in their sleeve like it, like got, got it. In to me, stadium.
1: that's still catching it. That's true. I don't know. That,
0: I don't know. I just, that
1: one's just funky to me. Just because usually when it's caught, like it's automatically known that it's caught. At yeah. least from what we've seen and what we know. So I wonder if there's a bit more to it that we're not aware of. It's just probably funny. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we also have some quaffle throws that are. Uh, we have so we have a straight ball, which is a straight shot. A fastball, a fast straight shot, curveball, a ball that is curved unpredictably, and a knuckleball, a ball that is spiraled towards the goalpost. So, literally, all those throws are exactly like baseball.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, there you go with that. So, now from tactics, we now have some of the fans. So, Quidditch was hugely popular spectator sport. One hundred thousand fans attended the nineteen ninety four Quidditch World Cup final. Binoculars and omnichars were sometimes used by fans to view matches from the stands. Yeah, I wonder why. Because they're so flipping tall above the <laughs> above the stadium. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. It's just like if you go to an opera and you get in one of those opera like seats above the play and everything you have those binoculars to watch everything it's exactly Mm -hmm. like that
1: yes yes it
0: is and then at hogwarts school of witchcraft and wizardry there were some uh small number of games but each one was eagerly anticipated and usually attended by the entire school including the teachers when it comes to the quidditch some of the professors lost their normal calm demeanor and became excited about the results uh as about the results as the students (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Snape is very competitive about it too, but that's just Snape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then British Quidditch fans kept up to date with the latest Quidditch news in the Daily Prophet and Seeker Weekly. And then fans could buy a wide range of team merchandise including hats, scarves, flags, jersey and badges and figurines. Mm
1: -hmm. Just
0: like any other sport. So, last but not least, we have behind the scenes of Quidditch. And the best thing is the first one. There is a game based on Quidditch called Muggle Quidditch in the real world of our world. if you don't know what it is, go look it up because it's very interesting.
1: (laughs) We might just have to do a follow-up episode on Muggle Quidditch
0: if there's enough. Um, I don't know if there's going to be enough because it was, I forget when they introduced, they literally introduced it in 2022.
1: Oh, It literally came out last year.
0: It was, Quidditch is sport in Harry Potter books and has been inspired many people to play Muggle Quidditch, also known as Ground Quidditch, and Quadaball since uh, 2022, a non-magical version of the game. As adapted from the game of the books, people have made their own different versions. It is governed by the International Quidditch Association and several national organizations worldwide. A number of colleagues have Muggle Quidditch teams as well as community teams throughout the United States and Canada and other countries, I bet obviously, you, in the UK. I bet oh.
1: you they have rules made faster <laughs> than the oh, yeah. world did. <laughs>
0: um, my, the key point there for that is... There's an association for the game worldwide. It started last year.
1: (laughs) They're getting stuff done. Just like like
0: to point that out. So Mm. the name, the noble sport of warlocks may be referenced to a horse racing called the sport of kings. The fact that some of the fouls are so specific suggests the the behavior during the 1473 World Cup was so... Mm. Egregious that new fouls were created specifically to cover everything that <laughs> happened. I wonder, hmm, hmm, probably, probably. <laughs> and then there are some differences between how Quidditch was represented in the Kennyworthy Whip's Quidditch through the Ages and the books, and how it appears to be played in the films and video games. Which, okay, yes, there's going to be differences because going from book to game, you're not going to be able to get literally everything. There's going to be things yeah. where they would have to make it as game mechanics and to make it mm-hmm. simple enough to, you know, play. Yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be differences. And then same with the films. Like They can only do so much in the films, especially in the 90s and the early 2000s.
1: Right. I think they represented it pretty well, though, from what we're oh, yeah. What we're Granted,
0: now that we are getting a reboot to the Harry Potter series as a TV series, we could get longer Quidditch matches for all we know. Maybe. We shall see.
1: Be fine. Or mm-hmm. more
0: Quidditch matches, because there was more Quidditch matches in the books than there were in the films.
1: Yes. I mean, there's what, they said it was six games... True, but,
0: like, even in the books, there was at least one to two Quidditch games up to Prisoner of Azkaban. And then Goblet of Fire didn't have one because Tri was a Tournament, but The mm-hmm. Order of the Phoenix had a few as well, as well as Half-Blood Prince. Oh, I see what we you're didn't, saying. Okay, That we didn't see in the film with those.
1: Yes, you're fair. Yeah, good point.
0: And then most notably in the films, the role that the players must... Uh, must not stray outside the pitch boundary is not uh, evident as players can be seen flying around the spectator towers of Hogwarts Pitch pitch, Hogwarts Quidditch Pitch as well as the scene where the rogue bludger chases Harry and Malfoy around the outside of the pitch boundaries in the film of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I mean, yes, it's out of the pitch boundaries, but they're also still within the pitch. I guess it
1: depends on where it is, but wasn't the Pitch at Hogwarts smaller or did I Misinterpret that I thought it was Made smaller
0: No I think it's a full yeah. size pitch Is it the full size pitch I'm pretty sure I
1: don't know why I don't know why But they were like but...
0: underneath The stands when that was all Going on Not. They mm-hmm. were outside the pitch but they were still In the pitch
1: Right there were a few so... times where they went Like around the towers too but I don't know maybe maybe since it was Hogwarts made they changed it a little bit
0: so the balls also show notable differences Quitch through ages shows that the quaffle is a perfect sphere as in the movie and the game versions are four large four large indentations around the surface in addition the bludgers and the quidditch through the ages are 10 inches in diameter two inches smaller than the quaffle in the movies and the games however they appear much smaller than the quaffle yeah they're hmm. like a third of the size of the quaffle in the films. Yeah. But man, are they mean. mm
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, There also seems to be m- more allowance for malicious acts in the films, as there are several instances where Slytherin players physically attack the opposition with no penalty. As I was saying earlier with the fouls, mm-hmm. yeah, a <laughs> lot of fouls would have been happening. Yeah. In the video game Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup, the rule only having a single chaser in the scoring zone is not used. Additionally, the game allows the players to make special moves where they, by several goals, are scored in succession as multiple chasers pass the Quaffle back forward through the hoops. Okay, yeah, that's true, but you also also have to recommend like remember it was a game made in 2001. there's only so much they are able to do. (laughs) Yeah. And then Quidditch the Ages states that the keeper cannot block goals from behind the goalpost, so it would be impossible for the keeper to block without a foul towards his or her team. This would most likely represent a foul towards the offensive team. And then also in the films, there have been funny moments in Quidditch. For example, in the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Oliver Wood kicks the Quaffle into the air and grabs it in the backside of the hoop when defending it. In the the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, when Ginny Weasley scores 10 points, the Slytherin Chaser and the Slytherin Keeper collide and collapses into the hoop. Which is also true. Which we do see and Quidditch was unnodded from the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and Ron Weasley became the Gryffindor Keeper in the film adaptation of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Instead, in the Order of the Phoenix film, Dolores Umbridge, in her capacity as Hogwarts Head Inquisitor, created Educational Decree No. 49, which stated that all Quidditch matches were hereby cancelled. Broomsticks would be turned into the High Inquisitor for safekeeping." Which is also true in how uh, Ron becomes the keeper in the fifth book, not the six. He is keeper in the sixth, but he became the keeper in the fifth book first.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's what happens when you only have around two hours of playtime to make a film from a book that is a well over 800 pages. Yeah, speaking, so I'm
1: kind of excited about the series cuz speaking with more. like
0: Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix is the biggest book of all the Harry Potter films, uh, all the books and it's like well over I think it's if I recall um Order of the Phoenix is well over I think it's almost 900 pages if not like a little bit over. I can't remember. I know I know it's well over 800. But yeah, you only can have so much time to do things in two hours (laughs) to make like a condensed film That's yeah that's also why like i'm i'm excited to see what they're going to do with the reboot with the series because they say each book is going to be one season and they're going to be supposedly one hour episodes we don't know how many episodes because obviously so it's and still pre-production and they don't even have a cast yet which is what i'm more looking forward towards before we see the series, because I want to see the cast. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's what scares me the most.
1: Me too. Honestly, (laughs) because
0: as we know by my namesake, I'm a huge Witcher fan. And I'm not extremely excited to see what's going to happen after season three of The Witcher, because Henry Cavill is no longer Geralt of Rivia. Yeah. I guess we have like but I mean we are getting Liam's Hemsworth the not so buff version of Hemsworth as Geralt of Rivia but supposedly it was he was he just came out and said that he's been working out at the gym like on a constant basis to get that body build Mm -hmm. like to get that look for Geralt and uh, supposedly he's also reading the books so which has high potential. But it's still not Henry Cavill, who was already a Witcher nerd, and they just, like, threw him to the side. And, like, I I don't want to get into it. But anyway, uh, J.K. Rowling wrote five pages of words stating that Q before upon Quidditch. (laughs) She just called the game Q. Q. And then J.K. Rowling first developed Quidditch after the a fight with her boyfriend at the time in a small hotel in Manchester, some of the game's elements, such as the Golden Snitch, became worth a disappointing amount of points were due to her state of mind at the time, as she felt these elements would be frustrating to men.
1: I love that entire line. Good job, J.K. Rowling, because if that's not petty, and if that's not on my level, I don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel because about that. There are some, there are some <laughs>
1: elements about it where you're just like, mm, and they are frustrating. But knowing that's the reason why I'm behind you, I support that.
0: And then Matthew Lewis has said that he would like to be a professional Quidditch player.
1: Well, now he has a chance with Muggle Quidditch.
0: And Matthew Lewis, if no one knows just that, that name alone... That's the actor who plays Neville Longbottom.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And funny enough, he, uh, Matthew Lewis, um, Tom Felton, and I can't remember the actress who plays Luna, they still <laughs> represent the Harry Potter stuff to this day. They still go to conventions, they still do press. Like they just did, they were just recently at. Um, So, Wizarding World's been doing a lot of, like, world tour events. And they had uh, a big, uh, I think it's still open there, Uh, in Tokyo, in Tokyo, Japan, they have a giant recreation of the famous sets from the films. Like, they have the uh, Great Hall, when you walk in, and when they get sorted. They have the Ministry of... uh, Ministry battle with between Dumbledore and Voldemort. They have like the defense against the dark arts classroom. Like they have so much like memorabilia from the film props like everything's built like how it was in the films and all three of them still do press for that stuff.
1: I like that. And Tom Felton's
0: really like, that's all he really does anything. Like he even wrote a book specifically about his life when like during the films.
1: Yep. Uh, I didn't read it, but my boss has re- read it. I think it's it, called and, uh, Beyond, uh, we...
0: Beyond the Wand or something like that. Mm-hmm.
1: And we talked a lot about all the different things, and it's a really good book from what I'm hearing. Yeah.
0: Recommend he's a really good actor. If you'd like Tom Felton, just go watch The Flash season three. He's also in that as a main <laughs> character. <laughs> then he leaves after that season because stuff happens. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, that is all we have on Quidditch's Quidditch. Is there anything else y'all want to add?
1: No. I learned a lot. This is a great episode. I enjoyed this.
2: Oh yeah, I learned a lot too.
0: Awesome. I hope everybody listening learns a lot. Uh, Quidditch is great. And if you want to learn more, literally just look up mobile Quidditch and you can play Quidditch yourself. Or just wait for the, you know, the Harry Potter Quidditch Champions game that will be coming out at some point uh, within yes. probably the next year. I think they said it. I think it was going to be either this year. I think they had a 2024 release date or release year window for Mm -hmm. the game. But we're going to have a bunch of Harry Potter. We're going to have a bunch of Wizard World stuff. It's exciting. I can't wait.
1: It is exciting.
0: Good stuff. That is all we have for this episode. We will see everybody next week when I figure out a topic of what we're going to go over. And, uh, yeah, fun times. Because real world life Work sucks <laughs> but anyway, That should happen <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true That, that does But uh, yeah So see everybody later And remember The wand chooses the witch or wizard Thank you for listening to Wizarding World Warcast You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord At robotsradio.net you can follow us on Twitter at WWLorecast, and you can email us at wizardworldlorecast at gmail.com.